It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. We're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard, just at Felicity Street here in Central City. Casa Borrega is a bar, it's a restaurant, and it's a live music venue. We can come and have awesome food, hear some awesome music, and uh, have an incredible drink. What are we drinking here today, ladies and gentlemen? It's a green drink. Uh, neon Jolly Rancher Surprise. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Neon Jolly I'm, Rancher I'm Surprise. Really I like that. Uh, you say that in Spanish. That's what Can you called. say that in Spanish, anybody? No. Nobody. Okay, here we go. In the next 60 minutes, you're going to get to meet four of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans, and you're going to get to hear some live music as well. Lots of it at the end of the show. You might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but there's a fair chance you know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of Happy Hour Together, my guests sitting around the table in no particular order except this are John Ritchie. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, more of the point? I'm great. Really? Yeah. We're going to talk about that thing on your head in a minute? No, let's, let's leave the scar on my head. Okay, <laughs> leave it out. Okay. John is a movie producer, writer, and director, and the co-founder of Scrub Brush Productions, a New Orleans film company dedicated to creating socially relevant media. Yeah, you're on the right show. Right. We are socially relevant. You are? Oh, no. It was Striving ir- to become. I'm sorry. Sorry, I misread that. <laughs> John's debut film, which took two years to make, is a feature-length documentary called Shell Shocked. The film is about how the environment in which underserved youth grow up directly contributes to the amount of shootings that occur in cities across the United States. Scrub Rush Productions has also contributed content for the City of New Orleans Save Our Sons program, and their current project is a documentary for Ceasefire NOLA. What is Ceasefire NOLA? Um, Ceasefire NOLA is a program that it originated in Chicago, and it came down here about two years ago. Yeah. And uh, actually, it's, it's right down the street from y'all. Um, it's about three blocks down that way, and it's a, what, it, what a Ceasefire does is it brings people in uh, that live in communities that have been uh, you know, ridden with, with gun violence, and they, they uh, recruit people to intervene into, into gun disputes. Uh, before they happen. Well, how do you they, get they, that job? Hmm. That would be a good job for you, Andrew. Well, you you could intervene grade. in gun disputes before. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Body armor or something. I don't think. I don't think that. Stop uh, shooting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you? Who volunteers for that? What kind of a person is going to volunteer to well, they, get involved they don't, in they a don't, gun dispute? They don't volunteer. They don't volunteer. Don't volunteer. They're, they're, they're they're recruited. What what huh. happens is this: is that it's people that are from the neighborhood, and they have to be uh, credible messengers. They have to right. be people that that the people that the kids growing up in the neighborhood. Someone's going to listen th- to. Yeah, they, right. they respect. And so these are guys that are oftentimes kind of grew up in the same circumstances as a lot of the kids that are getting into trouble today. And so what they do is they they um, they intervene uh, in the disputes before they uh, before it results in gun violence. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk That's about more about that in a minute. Let's move on. In the meantime, Johnette Downing is here as well. John and Johnette. Hello, Johnette. Is that your real name, by the way? That's my real name. Why did your parents make you name you Johnette? I wonder. My dad was John. My grandfather's John. My nephew. My brother. Me. Were they expecting to have a boy? They're not very creative with names. <laughs> it is extra. That's not like true. There are other names, people. No, but it is creative. I don't think I've ever met anyone called Johnette before. It's spelled yeah. John E T T E. Right. Not Jeanette. But do you say right. Johnette or do you say Johnette? Johnette. But Johnette. in Louisiana, I get a lot of Johnette. You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know a couple Johnettes. For the record. Do you? Oh. Yes, I do. Where are they from? Uh, Shreveport. Shreveport? Okay. That's where They're I'm from. You're from Shreveport? Yeah, originally. And there's more than one woman called Johnette in Shreveport. There's actually, you know what? There's, okay, so there was Johnette when I grew up with, and then also one of the people that used to be that used to be the head of Ceasefire New Orleans uh, was Janetta Presley. But I think Janetta was from... Janetta. Yeah, from the Northeast. Hmm. Okay. Ah, Janetta, yeah. yeah. Well, that's another one. Anyway, let's, I have to get on with this. Come Sorry. on now. We, we can't start talking about our names all day. <laughs> uh, Johnette Downing is a singer, songwriter, musician, and author for children, their families, and their educators. Johnette, who is also referred to as... 
a musical ambassador to children and the Pied Piper of Louisiana music traditions. Hmm. That's very difficult to say that on the radio. <laughs> Pied Piper. <laughs> is she, and there's also that she's, listen to this, the recipient of 22 international awards for her work in cultural exchanges celebrating the joy of childhood through music and literature. Wow. I see mm-hmm. why our incredible producer, Graham DuPonte, put you two guys together. Oh, yeah. No. Well, That's interesting. I'm, I think I was going to come clear in a minute. Johnette has <laughs> John no, been, been quoted in practically every major publication in the country. And here in New Orleans was named Woman of the Year by City Business, one of the 30 people to watch by New Orleans magazine, and 40 under 40 by Gambit. Come on, that's yeah. 70 altogether. Yeah. People to watch. People to watch. 30 people to watch. Or? And it was one of the women of the year. I wasn't the Oh, you weren't women of the year. year. Yeah. Who were the other women? There were, there were so many fantastic women in the city. So it was among a, much, a good audience of uh, great women. Really? Mm-hmm. How does city business pick them? By how much money you make or no. good looking? <laughs> swimsuit no. competition or what? No, I think it's what you contribute to the society. And There's yeah. no swimsuit competition for women of the year. <laughs> mm. No, there's not. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yes, wow. yet. Maybe on the show. Outside of New Orleans, Johnette, and sorry then, is subject you to this kind of bullshit no, when fine. you're, you know, <laughs> it's not fair really when you're actually successful and, you know, you're doing something good for the world. Outside of New Orleans, Johnette has performed for kids, given educator workshops and keynote addresses in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, Central America, North America, and the Caribbean. Right. Why would you ever come back if you're in the Caribbean? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this is the North Shore of the Caribbean. I guess that's yeah, true. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been all around the world. So you know a lot about what's going on in the world. Maybe we can get on to that and you could explain to us yeah. what's happening. Well, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm more of, you know, I'm kind of in a, a tunnel with kids' music, you know, and um, kids' culture. So I don't, it's kind of depressing to see what's going on in the, in the big world with mm. big people. Yeah. Well, that's why there's alcohol. That's why we have well. Happy Hour. <laughs> Jeremy Phipps is here as well, making a return to Happy Hour. Hi, Jeremy. How you doing? I'm oh, good. Welcome back. Come in so we can hear I'm you. I know I'm it's uncomfortable, but no, no, it's you like have to I'm interested in what, what, the, what the paper is going to say because, like, there's so many good introductions over here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. And here's, this, and here's this other guy. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what they've given me to say about you. Jeremy Phipps is a musician who performs in a number of simultaneous New Orleans musical incarnations of varying genres. How's that? including brass band, funk, rock, reggae, and rap. That's impressive right there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's... Come on, you can hold so your own can. with these guys. You can catch <laughs> Jeremy in his own band, Jeremy Phipps and the Outsiders, as well as with My Name is John Michael, Nasimiu, and does this pronounce Yohimbo? Oh. Or Yojimbo? Yojimbo. Yojimbo. I don't even know who that is. Who is Yojimbo? Yojimbo is a band that I used to... Yeah. It's, they're like a, it's, it's all like over a, for Yojimbo. Like it's like an experimental three-piece like it's like a trombone player and a keyboardist and a bass player. I mean, he plays keys and bass and like a drummer that like plays like really experimental, crazy stuff. It's pretty. It's but pretty it's cool. is it all over for your Jimbo, or you still get together once in a while when you? Oh, your Jimbo still exists. I'm just not in the band. Oh, I, they're I still going. Like you're a, not in it. Oh, yeah, okay. it's kind of like a you know. What happened? Musical di- difference music. of opinion. Well, you know, man, it's hard. It's hard out here for a musician. You know? I'm just kind of. <laughs> it was. Um, I was kind of like a. Um, a, a, like a fun addition, uh-huh. and and then like they went and did their own thing. Right. Yeah. Screw them. Right. Yeah. yeah screw them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what about these other bands here in as well? The Lanyard Brass Band, the Upstarts, and Ashton Hines Big Easy Brawlers. Jeremy's also performed with among others Irma Thomas, Galactic, and Shamar Allen. You Come performed on. with Galactic as well. Yeah. Is this true? What I'm reading? You don't have to. No, no, no. It was at Tipitins. Yeah. It was. It was cool. I've I've done I've done funner stuff. Then that since since well what since can we add to that? Oh wait, 
Oh, I went to Spain. Um, I just came back in like a couple weeks ago. Andrew was wow. in Spain as well. We yeah. were in Spain at the same time. I follow you on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know each other? Yeah, we're no, friends of friends, more yeah, or less. Yeah, yeah. we got like uh, you're, the drummer was uh, James Morado on that thing, right? Yeah. yeah. James yeah. and I are. Boys. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. So what yeah. were you doing? You were doing. Uh, you were on tour in Spain. Yeah, I was on tour. I was with Langyap, matter of fact. Um, Langyap Brass Band. Okay. We was on tour in Spain. It was really. That's really a great fun. Yeah, we went to like um, these little beach towns and stuff, and um, we played like some festivals and some like real down home like Spanish family parties and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was wow. like, yeah. yeah. So you get to see much of the country, both of you, Andrew. This is Andrew Duhon, who's our uh, happy hour troubadour who roams around the country and then once in a while sometimes comes, comes yeah. back. Sure enough. So that's a good enough introduction for you, right? Yeah, but, it's um, fine. We, yeah. I just want to get that in. You know, I'm going <laughs> to get back to Andrew. I'm going to get to Jeremy's. Uh, what do you need? Oh, I'm just. Um, re- I'm really loud. Bottle opener. <laughs> oh, <turn laughs> oh, you can turn it down here on this thing. Okay. Which one are you, though? This one. Okay, Andrew's Boop. on the case there. Any better? Yeah, that's okay. Some well, yeah. Uh, too loud. <laughs> no, no, no. We good. We good now. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> What the hell are we talking about? Spain? Uh, talking about Spain, yeah. Spain. So do you get to see much of the country when you're over there on tour? Yeah, yeah. We went to, like, um, just, like, a bunch of castles, like, five different castles, and, and right. ate a lot of octopus, and, like, we went down to Portugal to, like, spend some time, and, um, wow. and we did a lot of exploring, and just, wow. like... So there's plenty of time off. You're not... Sitting around playing brass band music. Well, that was it was strategic because when you go on tour, like with as a musician, like you probably know, like you kind of get like stuck inside of the hotel. Right. Like they're like, okay, yeah, we I'm just sleep until yeah. the show. And Too then, many like, honeys like, down in the lobby trying to get at you. You know, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but then you kind of just have to like take control and be like, okay, I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna make this work well, and not mm. just like a like a, a tour, you know, like ju- not just like shows and. Mm. So you book it so you have time to get out and, and see things. No, it'll be like, okay, I'm waking up. I'm getting off a show at 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay, i got to wake up in a couple hours and go out and do stuff. So you force it. yourself right. to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how, uh, you know, just a two-hour train ride and a three-hour show can take up 24 hours every time. So <laughs> yeah. Right. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're traveling with a band, of course, Jeremy, which is a whole bigger undertaking. Who books yeah. all that? You have, like, management and all that stuff? Well, this one was kind of... It's usually like some like some like company or something, but this time this couple, this um, married Spanish couple, um, came down and saw the band, and it was like, oh, we want to bring you out to Spain, and you know people say yeah. crazy stuff all the time, but like they actually went through, and it's our second time going, and um, they just they literally like it's like a lawyer and a teacher, and they like just like use every contact they have to put together this like crazy tour and like all this stuff and like we played a lot of sold out shows and just like craziness and it was all off of these two people who just like don't even do music so it kind of <laughs> shows you like what you can do if you you know if you just reach out into the what is like the the six layers of separation five mm. eight layers kevin so. bacon yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah. just so it's just people who just love music putting it together yeah does that happen in the united states do people go in other countries and see some other band playing in Spain and say, hey, we'll bring you over here or you're up against Clear Channel and Ticketmaster at that point here. Uh, I, don't know. I can't say that that would... I mean, my American friends, I wouldn't imagine anybody trying to bring <laughs> anybody. Into, but we have so much music. They, 
they don't have as yeah. much live music as we have. Mm. So how's now your new your current band Saint Bell has put out one album already, right? Yeah. Food coloring. Yeah. Was the first one that was great. And what's going on with what are you currently doing? Are you back in the studio or what? Yeah, I'm in the studio and we um. And I'm like I was done ish, but you uh, know you happened. you always done ish and like I just like. I just like refuse to stop writing songs until like it's like time to put it out. But um, but I'm about to release a single like today's supposed to be, but it's going to be tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it's going to be tomorrow somewhere. Yeah. So well, by the time. Good point, right, John? Right, right. Thanks no. very much. Yeah, yeah. Someone got it. Okay. <laughs> so where 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 do I find the new single and what's it called? Oh, um, it's going to be called We Rise, and it's going to be on SaintBell.com. Saint spelled out. Like S-A-I-N-T. S-A-I-N-T. Yeah. That is the correct spelling for St. Bell, right? And yeah. Bell is like the bell. Yeah, like... Why don't, we, why don't we play it right now? Have you got a guitar here somewhere? Oh, oh I can, I you can do play a, a song. You don't want to do that? The thing is, it's usually like a full band, so oh, I have to okay. consolidate it, but... Can you um, do a version of it, or you want to do something else? I can do a song. Okay. That's, that, that's going to be on an album, technically. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a listen. Who's gu- which one of these guitars is yours? Oh. Everyone's a guitar player here today, so we've got tons of music on the show today. Oh, right. On the spot. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll wait till Jeremy comes wait, back. Do and have then to, don't we have to do the Andrew Duhon um, introduce? No, we already did no, that. No, we did that. I just did a truncated version of the Andrew Duhon introduction. In the meantime, but we're talking about uh, John Scab, right? Let's do it. How did you hit? <laughs> oh, John's man. got this big Duh. scar on his head. Like a scab is a better description of it. Yeah. And the thing he doesn't want to talk about it now, we we're forced to. All right. So yeah. Y'all want to the story? Yeah, Come what on. happened? All right. So my friend Zach is in town. He used to live here. He li- now lives in New York. And it was his 30th birthday on Friday. And so we all went out. And, you know, we, we had a good time. We drank a lot. Um, but it wasn't, like, too much or anything like that. But I got home really late at night. I... Uh, you weren't drunk. Well, let's get that straight. I was, n- I was not drunk. No, right. not at all. Nothing to do with <laughs> it. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> just happened to be Zach's 30th birthday and you got home late, but you were, even yeah. though you went out drinking, but you weren't drunk. I, I, let's I, just I, make sure we understand. Yeah, that. right. I, okay. had work, I had to work the next day. So, um, At what? What were you, were you doing? Uh, I was actually, I was working with NFL Films on the Steve Gleason story. So Shooting it. Oh, nice. Oh, well, I mean, I was working, I was helping the guy that was shooting it. Okay. So, but um, anyway, so I, uh, I get into my room, I'm tired. And I'm taking my pants off. And okay, my now wife, we're getting some. All right. Well, actually, <laughs> I, was al- I was alone, so it, it's not that exciting. So okay. uh, anyway, I'm trying to uh, get out my left foot, and it gets stuck in the pant. And, uh, and I'm sitting there, and I'm struggling with it. How many feet have you got? Just the two, right? I just like everybody two. else. Okay. Uh, like as far as, yeah. Take your pants off one leg at a time like everybody else. Right, yeah, okay. but I'm standing on the right foot yes. while I'm trying to get the left one out, right? Okay. And so then, uh, as far as it gets caught up, and I, it's not that I even fall over. I actually kind of like launch project like project right into the wall oh yeah you hit the wall with your hit the wall with my forehead and i hit it so hard that it knocked the mirror off the bathroom wall which was the 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 other side yeah exactly and but fortunately the mirror seven years bad luck no the mirror didn't break skin actually didn't break so there wasn't it wasn't real messy or anything like that it just left me with a really kind of uh ugly scar on my forehead the ego broke though you know what (laughs) 
actually when I heard when I hear when I heard the mirror fall and like once I realized what I had done, yeah. I actually started laughing really hard totally. because I well, mean like, you what were are you drunk. Do? That's right. That's beautiful. <laughs> that, you keep on saying that I was drunk, but I, that, I, that is I didn't. Not say, I never said you were drunk. No, I was I mean, on your I, side I, saying you weren't. I understand the implications of what it is that you're saying, but but you totally weren't. Because have you ever done that before? Uh, no. No. And does anyone live in your house with you? No, I live alone. So no one had to be disturbed by the mirror falling off the wall. No neighbors or anything came no, rushing no, for the cops. No, no, that's 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 completely my problem. The mirror being. Pity that there's not someone. <laughs> pity there's not someone who could intervene between you and the you and the mirror in times like this. You know, like ceasefire. Right. Yeah. Maybe they'd have to start a whole other organization. Like a whole organization yeah. like M- Mirror Ceasefire. I don't think it's that serious though. No, it doesn't happen often, yeah. obviously. That's well, a great story, though, but I think we could probably come up with a better one for you. No, though. that's all. That's you think a good that's one. Good? Yeah. Got my pr- I mean, it's an honest story. It is funny. Know? Yeah. And how did you well, feel you in the morning? I felt fine. Yeah, I no. mean, I had to go to work. How was that Steve Gleason thing? That was part of the, the opening of the Saints football season? Yeah, yeah. The like Gleason uh, Growl? Yeah, this, this weekend was the first uh, season of regular play in... Uh, Steve Gleason uh, led the, the Houdat Chan on the field. Right. Uh, right now, NFL Films is doing this thing that's called a football a football player's life, and one of the stories that they're doing is Steve Gleason. Nice. And so they um, they featured his organization, uh, which is No White Flags, and they also talked about his trip to um, to Machu Picchu with uh, with Scott Vegeta and other people in his organization, mm. uh, where they carried him and another man with ALS, um, to, you know, up the whole trail, and wow. it took them you know a full day to do it and it was extremely you know physically strain you know strenuous and uh and so they shot a video about that trip mm-hmm. and uh so they uh they premiered the video um and uh for the family and um i don't know i mean i know how a lot of people feel about steve Gleason in the city but i mean his story i mean are you familiar with it how can you not know the story and how could you feel anything other than sympathy yeah, just being absolutely or really he's inspired you know yeah. i mean that he's uh he's a pretty amazing individual you know. He is. It's tough what he's going through. I mean, you're watching this guy who was a you know pinnacle of human achievement in a certain to an extent. You know, yeah. he's super fit and super strong, and could just waste away like this. It's, well, it's yeah. Horrible. I mean, you know, that's one way of looking at it. But another way of looking at it is this too: is that is that despite the fact that he has this illness, he hasn't he hasn't allowed it to um, to stop him from still doing amazing things, mm. you know, and great things and. And so he, what he's done is he's dedicated his life and what, and you know, uh, his his efforts toward a battle, in the, you know, are, are trying to find uh, funds to deal with this with his illness, right. you know. And I think that it's something that's inspiring is that you'll never, like, uh, you never hear him complain about his illness. He he never looks at it as being a weakness. He he continues on. Mm. You know, he's a very sharp individual. Yeah. And it has so. nothing to do with football. It's, right. not, it's not a football injury. It's just a sheer random chance. Yeah. So it's just a thing that I think they don't. They don't know. Get. They don't know what. No, they don't know. They don't, have, they don't know right now. There's not enough research into right. it. So anyway, so that's what I did over the weekend. Is I, uh, I uh, whacked your head uh, into the mirror. Whacked your head in the wall. I got and drunk then at a shot friend's birthday party. Whacked my head <laughs> in, in, in the mirror, and then I, uh, and then I spent yeah. I spent the weekend uh, uh, filming Steve Lee's. So pretty good weekend. Yeah, how's how's Zach? Is that going back to New York? No, Zach goes back on Saturday, and I think that. Well, last time I heard, he's doing pretty good. He's all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Jeremy. That was a bit of a... didn't take you that long to go get the guitar across <laughs> the room here. Do you might have to just move in a little bit. Yeah. So what are you going to play for us? Um, I'm going to play a song called Pattern of Life. I wrote it a long time ago. Um, what made you think of playing it today? What? 
Um, because most of my songs I have to play with like a full big setup, but this one I can do with just a guitar. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, but <laughs> you know, for movie's sake, you know, man, I just gotten so inspired about this, you know, this this small man, you yeah. know, this man, street. Alright. Okay. Alright. You've waited so long. Sat pretty on the throne. And cried yourself to sleep until we came home. Bursting through the door. Taunts you even more Running, jumping, screaming down the carpet floor Dust the pattern of life, here's how it goes It's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds Dust the pattern of life, here's how it goes It's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds Dust the pattern of life The initial high enters your gullible mind. His fall will be more steep, so don't you be blind. Then we leave again. Oh, how much you will we cry yourself a puddle till we're back from the street. Dust the pattern of life, here's how it goes. It's the thrill of the chase, not what it behold. Dust the pattern of life, here's how it goes. It's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds. Dust the pattern of life. Search for that thing that. Keeps you happy If not, you'll be waiting And nothing will change Tells from the carpet Was never vibrant I thought I knew from which My blessings were sent Thus the pattern of life Here's how it goes it's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds. That's the pattern of life. Here's how it goes. It's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds. That's the pattern of life. That's the pattern of life. Here's how it goes. It's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds. That's the pattern of life. Here's how it goes, it's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds, just the pattern of life. Yeah. Man, that was awesome. <laughs> Very nice. Do you, do, is it something that you still believe, even though you wrote that a long time ago? It's the thrill of the chase, not what it beholds. You know, it, it kind of comes true over and over again. Because, you know, I, um, you know, I like you kind of buy stuff and then, like, you know, it just... 
And it's just like you get all you got all happy like oh yeah here it is here it is here it is and then like you know you get it and then it's like oh yeah this is so cool and like then it's like okay just you're looking thing. for the next thing yeah and, you know, that sort of but that's kind of de- de- depressing uh, I mean it's depressing in a way because I mean that excitement is really exciting well there's no real happiness though at all yeah you know, well I mean. Happiness is the journey, not the destination, right? Well, is that? Yeah, I wrote it about a dog, though, um, because my my dog, he would just, like, well, my sister's dog, she would just, like. um, Let me take that for you. Oh, oh. I can put that somewhere. Hang on. Yeah, my sister's dog, dog. she would, he would be, like, when he see, when you walk, first walk in the house, he's, like, oh, so excited, and he'd just, like, jump around and stuff, and then. Like, then, like, an hour later, he's, like, back to doing his thing. And then, like, he hears a car coming up the street, and he just gets all excited again. <laughs> and then, like, the person comes, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes back to regular life. And then it's, like, over and over again. And that's, like, mm-hmm. his whole life is just a car coming and people coming in the house, which is kind of <laughs> sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, you're saying that's the thrill of the chase. That's the pattern of life. That's how it goes. Yeah. That's what we're all doing. And Andrew's saying that it's the chase. It's... That's life itself. Yeah. Just keep chasing, never get there, and you'll always be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so actually achieving nothing is more satisfying than <laughs> achieving. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? But then um then like um what's that word comes like gratitude comes? Always and then like you being grateful for what you have, then you know, then I guess you get there. Mm. Well, being grateful key. for what you've got is the key to the whole thing, isn't yeah. it? That is the key, Rather yeah. than thinking that the next thing that you're going to achieve is the, what's going to make you happy. Sure. Yeah. Because but it isn't. But also, how old are you? 21. 21. Uh, so, I mean, you know, 21, you want to be more, like, as far as into, like, the idea of the chase. It's only as you get older that you start to be appreciative of the things that you have. Don't you think? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. I think, well, I think you, so, that's I mean, what the song's about, though, that it's the pattern of life. That's how it goes. But it'd be, it'd be really sad if he was... If he was you know, the song is about, from a 21-year-old perspective, you know, saying that that uh, I'm happy with the things that I have at 21. Don't you think? Like, as far as mm. there's something about, like, as yeah, far right. as being younger. Sure. Right, you know, so. Yeah. You've had a lot of experiences in those 21 years. You've yeah. Had, you've seen yeah. a lot of stuff go on. I mean, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you seem happy enough. That's you for sure. You just got back from Spain. What do you think? Of course. Jonette, yeah. what, Jonette, you're the, you're the expert on kids, how what age do we, do we stop being perpetually happy? You know, you see kids running around, mm. and they seem to be always happy. I don't what know. age? What age do you start being aware that apparently you were not just happy about being pissed off because your sister or your brother did something, or mom won't let you have an ice cream? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I do see the world through children's eyes, so you're always happy. I mean, I think you never stop being happy, um, and I think gratitude is a big part of that. You know, waking up every morning and saying, you know. I'm I'm grateful for this day. I'm grateful for this home. Is that possible? Yeah, I do it every morning. Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. First of all, you wake up in the morning. That's yeah. interesting right there. Yeah, because... What time do you get up? <laughs> <laughs> um, Seriously. I'm a night owl, actually. <laughs> what time do you... Oh, well, there you go. What so, ti- eight or nine, maybe. Eight or nine. Unless I have a show, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's very important, I think, is to be happy with where you are and who you are and where you're going and to, you know... I don't know, to visualize what you want. and What do you want? Everybody wants to be happy, right? Yeah. I guess. But so what are you visualizing? What makes you happy? I love, I mean, I, I like seeing, the, like, again, I just said that before, but I like seeing the world through children's eyes because they, 
they don't have that veil, like you were mentioning, mm. you know, they don't have the veil of experience and seeing the hardships and things that people, but also they have that sense of wonder when they see something, they're curious and they're interested. And I think as long as you keep your curiosity with you and you're curious about things and you're interested in what other people do and you can appreciate and be thankful for other people as well, like, like just appreciating what he just performed, Jeremy, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, but we all yeah. sort of a share that probably. Mm-hmm. We all agree with you and, you know, see kids playing in the playground or think how cool one, and then most of us just get on with our lives and get on with hating everybody else. What, yeah. what, made, <laughs> you, what made you stop and want to stop there in that place and make that your life? I think because they're so, I mean, I, because there is that joy, that natural joy that they don't, and, um, and the honesty, too. I mean, I played music for adults for a long time, too, and, you know, they were, oh, yeah, that's nice. You Fabulous. Know, but yeah, great, great show, great, yeah, great show. And then you play music for children, and they'll say, like, that was dumb. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't like that song, you know. That one sucked, <laughs> you know. And so, okay, oh, okay. So I just love the honesty. Then you know where you stand all the yeah. time with kids. You know, and, and there's no judgment, too. Especially, I work with younger children, and there's no judgment there either. It's just an honest response. And Would you like it better if people were honest with you all the time, like us right now? <laughs> Would that be better? Yes, I do like that, actually. You do? Yeah, I'm very comfortable hmm. with it. But, you know, in the same vein, the children will say, that song was awesome. You know, that was right. great. You know, and they, they love it. And you know they mean it, actually. They so mean there it. is that. Yeah, they mean yeah. it. Yeah. So, what made you stay there, though? I mean, when you figured that out at some point, obviously that you love kids and you love working with kids and the, the, their perspective, mm-hmm. was there a moment that you thought, "Hey, you know what? Why don't I just do this for a living?" Or did you just sort of drift into it? No, it, um, I was playing music, as I said, um, for adults, and a, a person said, "You're so great." You, I mean, you're so. Um, you didn't believe natural. that, did you? No, no, no. She didn't say you were so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're great. Yeah, you're great. No. Um, but she said you would be really great with kids. You're really funny, and um, you just have that kind of inner light. And and it was seriously, it sounds like a cliche, but a bell went off. It was like ding in my head. You know, it's like that's it. That's what I'm supposed to do with my life. And um, I believe, you know, in the Tao, like you're in your flow. And I was in my flow at that moment. And um, my career has just kind of gone organically that way. When so was that? Oh, it's probably in. I was playing at the Penny Post, if you remember that place. Yeah, the neutral. It's the neutral ground now. Oh, it's the neutral ground. That was called yeah. the Penny Post the originally. The Penny Post back okay. then. So I guess that was in the eighties, maybe. So you're yeah. like a folk singer. Right. Yeah. So, so there was one I night at the Penny Post. Yeah, and I stay there because it's it is where I'm supposed to be, and everything kind of unfolds organically when you're in your flow, your river. What do people think of you? Other, you know, people that you go out with, musicians or guys you date or whatever that. What do people think about someone who's singing children's songs all day? I mean, we see we see Mr. Rogers, uh-huh. and we think like, you know, what a wacky guy. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't know Mr. Rogers. I'm, I mean, he's not alive anymore, of course. But he probably had a normal life. He probably sat around a bar and had a cocktail like everybody else, probably. like you're doing. But we just Mine's saw that lemonade. slice of them. You have I'm sorry, of course. Lemonade. Not really a cocktail. Yeah, you guys are having but a cocktail. <laughs> 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 well, that sort of thing, that sort of statement. I mean, I mean, you have to have this reputation now as like Mr. Rogers was squeaky clean. And what was his name, that other guy? I'm that pretty squeaky clean, though. Yeah, are you really squeaky clean? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty clean, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, my music is a little different, you know, than, than uh, most children's performance because mine is uh, Louisiana. I, I'm really passionate about Louisiana right. roots music. And food. 
and food. You yeah. have a lot of stuff about food in I your do songs. a lot. Of, well, because in I'm from here, and music and food go hand in hand. So it's a, that's what we all are about here. Right. So. You want to play one? Sure, I can. I do think you should teach us all a song, don't you? Think? Sure. I can do one we can all sing, and it's a uh, it's my signature song, and it's about food. So what is right. it? What yeah. is your signature? Today is Monday in Louisiana. Today is Monday in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And it teaches children about the days of the week and the foods we eat in Louisiana during the week. I could use a brush up on that. Let's do huh. it. Okay. <laughs> Let me grab the guitar. Okay. You've got this graphite guitar. I do. It's very fancy. Tell us the story about why you have a graphite guitar. Well, first of all, just oh, to it's you can see these photos on our Facebook page, actually. But um, this guitar is it's sort of black and brown stripe kind of with mother of pearl around the center yeah um well i play i've been real fortunate to um be able to play around the world play music for children around the world and um i got invited to go to indonesia and uh, i heard at that time you weren't able if you brought a, a wooden instrument you know like a guitar into that country you weren't able to bring it back out because of the That's how they get guitars in Indonesia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they were protecting, uh, you know, woods and stuff, uh, the precious woods and uh, rare woods. So um, a lot of, even Gibson, I think it was in Memphis, I think the Gibson factory is, they were, a lot of their instruments were confiscated because they had all these rare woods from what you know, exact, rainforest what and exact, stuff. Oh, really? Like, yeah, teak, rosewood, that kind of thing. That, um, yeah. Well, I guess maybe not teak. Lucky you heard that before you went. How did you exactly. hear that? Exactly. So I bought this graphite. Wow. Do you have like a manager or something that sets all this up? I do it all myself. Yeah. So how did you hear about the wooden guitar? Uh, the, this wooden graphite? Gu- no, how did you hear about the Indonesian Oh, when I went on the trip, Confiscation. Yeah. How did yeah. you hear about that before you got there? It was a big story about oh. Gibson. A lot of uh-huh. their, their guitars had been confiscated yeah. in their factory. So How crazy. and and you know and also it's graphite so I can carry it it won't it won't get messed up in the airline you know like Andrew's guitar it. got smashed by Southwest Airlines sure yeah, yeah. right over um, here did you see that YouTube um, United Airlines that they broke my guitar yeah <laughs> it was this really great uh, video it was really funny mm. they broke my guitar they wouldn't fix it so this guy made this whole music video <laughs> <laughs> United it was called United Breaks Guitars yeah it was pretty funny well, Southwest so that was around yours, the same right? time. Yeah, but that one's kind of my fault. I don't blame Southwest. They've been pretty good lately. Oh, they have? Okay, yeah. so we're going to stop knocking yeah, Southwest. Right. All right, okay. I'm off it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Monday in Louisiana. Yes. John at Downing. So you guys have to help. Because okay, well, these, are, these, are profes- these two are professional musicians. All so of us. And and we have a drummer, I'll try too. No, a drummer. And okay. you're a drummer. <laughs> See if it's still in tune. Today is Monday. Today is Monday. Monday red beans, all you lucky children. Come and eat it up. Come and eat it up. What comes after Monday, guys? Tuesday! Today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Tuesday, poor boys, Monday. Red beans, rice! All you lucky children, come and eat it up. Come and eat it up. What comes after Tuesday? Wednesday! Today is Wednesday, today is Wednesday, Wednesday gumbo, Tuesday, Bow boys, Monday, red, red beans and rice, all you lucky children, come and eat it up, or beer, come and eat it up, children's song, children's song, okay. what comes after Sorry. Wednesday, oh. Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, today is Thursday, today is Thursday, <laughs> Thursday jambalaya, 
Wednesday. I wasn't listening. Uh, it wasn't. Hang on, hang on. Gumbo, gumbo. Gumbo. Tuesday. Poo boys. boys. Monday. Red beans and rice. All your lucky children, come and eat it up. Come and eat it up. What comes after Thursday? Friday. Friday. You're so good. Raise your hands. It's my turn. It's my turn. Today is Friday. Today is Friday. Now you know what Friday in Louisiana. What do we eat? Catfish. Friday, ah, catfish. Thursday, jambalaya. Wednesday, gumbo. Tuesday, hoboys. Monday, red beans and rice. All your lucky children, come and eat it up. Come and eat it I up. I want to sit out this one. I'm hungry. <laughs> what comes after? What comes after Friday? Saturday. Today is Saturday. Today is Saturday. Saturday, crawfish. Friday, jambalaya. No, it's catfish. Catfish, catfish. Oh, oh man. Jeremy's out. Thursday, jambalaya. Wednesday, gumbo. Tuesday, po'boys. Monday, red beans and rice. Oh, you lucky children, come and eat it up. Come and eat it up. What comes after Saturday? Sunday. Today is Sunday. Today is Sunday. Sunday. What do you think? We get a salad. We get a we get a Piccadilly, or we go to we get healthy. What do you think? What do you do on Saturday? On Sunday? Something healthy. Come on, it must be something good. If you're from Louisiana, Sunday. If you're from Louisiana, what would you do on Sunday? Go to church. Oh, Love you, Mary. Church. Get, I mean, you might go to like a, like a, like a, you might go to like, like a cafeteria after church or barbecue. Oh, What do you do on Sunday? Oh, okay, well, let's go around the table. What do you, Rich, John, what do you what do? do, you on do on I go to brunch. Go to brunch. Where do you brunch go? Brunch is good. Uh, you know what? I like Katie's. Katie's is yeah. good. Yeah, okay. Jeremy? Oh, I would eat catfish on a Sunday. You'd eat catfish on Sunday. Yeah. I, I like the questionnaire solo. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what do you do on Sunday? Sunday. What do you eat on a Sunday morning? Uh, Croissants. Uh, yep. Maybe a brisket. brisket. Maybe a what? A brisket, maybe? Hmm. Slow no. cooker feels yeah, good. French? Slow, slow cook, slow, yeah, French. I would go to the, like the bakery and get a croissant or something. On one of those almond filled well, croissants. What about a beignet? Sunday. Sunday beignet. You got it. Saturday. Saturday is crawfish. That's right. Friday. Catfish. Thursday. Jambalaya. Wednesday. Gumbo. Tuesday. Po boys. Monday. Red beans and rice. All lucky children, come and eat it up. Sing it. Come and eat it up. Come and eat it and eat it up. Oh! Okay. Oh man, I like this living a, a kid's life thing. I was skeptical at first, but I'm I am in now. See it. I am in. You know something? What age? Group, what age kids can remember all that? I can't remember all that. Could yeah. you say all that? We hardly could remember. We got it wrong. Yeah, I didn't even know there was food for every day in Walnuts. I don't I think yeah. that you made something. that up, right? There's not. Well, you know, Monday, of course, red beans mm. and well, rice. Well, that's right. That's okay. a tradition because of wash day. Yeah. Mm. And do you know that story, everybody? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah we, uh, in Louisiana, 
a long time ago, they would do laundry on Monday. So you could cook red beans and the rice slowly all day long while yeah. you attended to the laundry. At the end of the day, the laundry and the beans were done. So it's wash day. And you know, it's always I've, red beans I've always rice. wondered when I've heard that story, what do they eat during the day while you're doing the You're doing labor? laundry. You're yeah. doing laundry. You're not yeah. eating you're not anything. Eating. No, there's no a food. lot of laundry to do. We're really? talking washboard <laughs> and I'd, be, I'd have a headache. Wouldn't you have a... Monday's headache. You probably wouldn't be in charge of laundry, though. <laughs> right, you, know? right. you have to eat something while you're working. You gotta yeah. keep eating red beans, like just that's the whole it. But they're not day. ready. No, but that's they're, true. Mm. they're not ready till you finish it's the laundry. I've ready. always wondered about that story, Johnette. What do you say when kids ask stupid questions like that? That's leftover beignets question. from yeah. Sunday, maybe. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, leftover. There you go. And then Friday, yes. we always eat catfish. catfish. catfish and That's because the Catholic one. influence, right? right? Because we have so many Roman Catholics in Louisiana. They don't eat meat on Friday, especially during Why do we Lent. say Roman Catholic? Because they never know. know how to settle down. They're always Roman. Roman, thank you. Okay, we're here every Thursday. I was yeah. right there. <laughs> and then I put sa- uh, crawfish for Saturday because that's when we have parties. We invite friends and family yeah, over. Yeah, crawfish boils. Yeah, okay. the quickest way to have friends and family over is say, say you're having a crawfish boil. So... Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you got okay. it. Sunday beignets. Yeah. So nice How work, Jeremy. Okay. Nice work, John. Yes. Hey, no, I have a question though. Okay, so um, Parkway Bakery, which is a big po'boy shop here in the city, right? Yeah, I, awesome. I love it. A bunch of people love it. They're closed on Tuesdays. Mm. <gasps> I love that. That's why so, you didn't get it, right? Conspiracy. Well, no, no. I'm just curious about as far as like, what, what, who's wrong? Is it Parkway or is it your song? You know, mm. oh, it's not my song. Okay, then par- <laughs> I, if anybody from Parkway is listening, yeah. like, as Why far is as like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. Well, you wrote the song before. They, right, these before. guys bought Park- Parkway recently. They bought it like after Katrina. The current oh, yeah. guys who own Parkway. Ah. Yeah, right. I don't know Actually, whether it's always been closed on Tuesdays, but yeah, that must Actually, they're pretty nice because I, I came out with a po'boy book. It's called How to Dress a Po'boy, and it's for kids to tell them how what you. You know, because yeah. that's a funny thing. Yeah. You go to other places, they don't say, do you want your po' boy dressed, no. you know? Yeah. No, I want it naked. I mean, you don't, you know, oh, it's right, just right, kind right. of a weird thing. So I wrote a book for that, and Parkway was very helpful. And Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's uh, Justin it's and Johnny Kennedy run that place, and they're really good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. They make a great po' boy. Oh, yeah. They made a po' boy for President Obama. Oh, that's oh, right. Wow. That's right. Yeah, he came here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so what do they think in Indonesia when you played them Monday's Red Beans and Rice Day and so on? Oh, well, I, <laughs> One of your graphite guitar. Yeah, well, that song is such a great um, song for diplomacy because it doesn't have a, a political agenda. So what I do is I sing <laughs> Do you have culture. songs that do? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I mean, a lot of children's songs do. I mean, Ring Around the Rosie and London Bridge is Falling Down and mm. all those. Th- yeah, they, they were politi- political commentary. Mm. Um, and the fairy tales were too, but um, not too much modern, you know, songs. But um, I forgot what I was. You saying. were talking <laughs> about that it doesn't have a political agenda. The oh song, yeah, yeah. so the so kids in um, Indonesia like their red beans and rice. Right. So I, what I normally do is I sing my Louisiana version, and then I say, okay, now let's talk about your food from mm. your culture. Okay. And then they supply all the foods that for the week that they eat, and then we talk about what do we have in common. You know, so it's a way to. What kind of do we have in common with Indonesian kids? Usually rice and fish. Usually, when I, I use the song wherever I go, so I have like the Moroccan version and the Egyptian version and all this kind of stuff. You've but been to Egypt and Morocco and all these joints? Yeah. Wow. And you hook this all up yourself? You just decide I'm going to go to Egypt and play no, for no, kids? No, no, I've been invited by teacher conferences or because um, I do a lot of work with teaching teachers how to use music in the classroom. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, usually in other countries, what we have in common is rice or fish, you know, that's kind of, or... So you're not dragged into politics at all? No, I'm not in, no. You must make observations as you travel around the world as an adult, though, yourself, 
I do, yeah. What are, what are you feeling about what's coming? I mean, this is an almost ridiculous question, but as someone who travels a lot, mm-hmm. how much do you travel? Like a good portion of the year? Right, I do, yeah. So what are you seeing around the world as you travel around? What are you feeling? Well, I just feel like, you know, um, all these prejudices people have, and it's like we, we're all the same. <laughs> we're just the same people. You know, we're the same race. I don't get it all. Um, but music, because I'm a, a messenger with music, it's kind of nice because everyone, uh, usually everyone, I, I, I haven't been to Saudi because of, of music but or Yemen. Uh, Yemen. But um, usually music is a thread that we all have in common. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of nice for me to travel around. We say you haven't been to Saudi Arabia or Yemen. Have you been to all the other countries in the Middle East? I've been to many. Yeah, I've been to Oman, Egypt, Morocco, Bahrain, um, the UAE, like Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah. And how are you treated? Very well. Yeah. I actually, I have a funny story about being in Kuwait. I was actually in Kuwait too, playing music, and I was on the plane over there, and the plane was full of these men, you know, buzz cuts and you know, trying to look incognito. And, of course, they were all military, you know, U.S. military. And this gentleman says, he whispers to me, he says, I know why we are on this plane. What the heck are you doing on this plane with a guitar going to Kuwait? Cause in Did some you tell me you're a nun? Uh, no, they thought I was a missionary, though. Yeah, you must be a missionary. Yeah. Mm. I said, no, no, I'm a teacher, you know, I, I'm a musician for kids. So, um, but when I got to Kuwait, right before my performance, I was giving a presentation for teachers to show them how you can use music as a tool to teach. Uh, the media came out, and was, I was like mobbed, like the paparazzi, you know, mobbed by the media. And they were, what are you doing here in Kuwait with the guitar? And what are you doing? And um, I didn't know, I mean, I just was honest because it's, I mean, I didn't know that there was any other what agenda. What could you say? Other yeah, than I just I'm said here I'm here playing to my guitar. What, yeah, uh, what other story would there be? Yeah, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to teach our children? You know, and um, so I just said, no, I'm just a teacher. I'm showing teachers how to use music. So they said, oh, okay. And so they stayed for the show. And um, this is about breaking down those, um, you know, prejudices we all, some of, not we all, but you know, many people have. Um, so they stayed for my presentation and afterwards they gave me this great write-up this great glowing review in the kuwaiti times about you know this teacher with music and this you know working with kids with music so it was really funny because it could have gone either way <laughs> you know I is it so unusual in other parts of the world that that education and music go together yeah that's very unusual yeah music and music in the classroom is not common why is that i don't know is it because the the form of the sort of Western form of songs is short and two or three minutes long, and in other countries, like their the songs are longer or more complex. I don't know. Well, I mean, in this country too, as soon as when they cut the arts, the first thing they do is take music out of the classroom, you know, or mm-hmm. they take. So we're guilty of it as well. Right. So John, you you spent two years yeah. thinking about kids, and you've watched this transition from innocence to. I guess loss of innocence. Right. Well, actually, it was five years. Five years. Yeah, five years that we worked on the film. My goodness, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, it was a long time, and uh, and she's right. One of the things that we do whenever they that we start to cut budgets, we cut back on extracurricular things at schools, and that includes music, and art programs, um, with and you know a lot of schools and also athletic programs too. But and you. Sorry, Tony. I was, was going to say, and in this culture in Louisiana, in New Orleans, and in Louisiana, music is so important to. I mean, that's how we can really reach our kids and, right. to, and to withdraw music and uh, arts. I mean, you know, think about where you would be, you know, Jeremy, without music or where I'm from here, too, where I would be without having that musical influence. So that is 
in Louisiana, it's really important to have music in the class because that's we're all naturally, you know, that's just part of our culture. Oh, I mean, I, I think across the United States, none of us wouldn't really know our ABCs if it wasn't put into a sing-song kind of way, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Mm. So, but uh, what, but you spent all this time five years. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of what you were doing is is looking at the way kids grow up in a in a, what you what do you call underserved? I guess that means. <laughs> Yeah, I think underserved is a good way to put it. What does that mean, underserved? Not well, lacking know, in what, exactly? Well, you know, I mean, th- that's that's one of the ways that you can talk about kids that are living below the poverty line, the ones that are most affected by gun violence. And, you know, we it's kind of funny. Um, we pick ways to talk about kids, and you know, um, to try to describe what's going on. And, um, for instance, you know, one of the things you always hear is at risk. Mm-hmm. And I think at risk is, is a, it's a bit offensive in saying that the kids are not going to succeed, whereas with underserved, it's something that just shows that there's a certain amount of neglect when it comes to like uh, what you think of as like being community services, like for instance having good education right. or having uh, access to good um, after-school programs and things and like that. And who's responsible for underserving? Well, I mean, if if you think about it, as far as from the sense that that you know, in our society, you're you're a child till you're 18 years old. Um, don't you think that that's something that that means that that all adults are are kind of responsible for it? If you're a taxpayer in this in this you know, in the society, then the thing is that you're you're helping and deciding where that money's going to go toward. And right now, we don't do anything for kids in public schools or uh, for after-school programs. I mean, a lot of the after-school programs are funded by grants. You know, uh, the the state has cut uh, the the after-school program budget by millions and millions of dollars. So, if you're living in a neighborhood or a city or a town that doesn't have a lot of money. Then you, bet, you better hope that, that your parents have money to put you into an after-school program. But they don't. They don't. I mean, oftentimes, right. Right. So, I mean, if you're living, so that's what we're talking about underserved is, is this lower socioeconomic neighborhood where kids don't have the same access to, is that, is that what your movie is saying? Well, I mean, it's one of the, it's not, you know what, actually, I think that that's, uh, I was being a little bit unfair. I think that there are services out there, but I think that they, they can be better services. And one of the things that my film is saying um, at the end in the conclusion is that if we want to address this problem of gun violence amongst youth and do it in a way that's positive, as far as like a citizen like you or me, something that we can do is that we can volunteer more time or resources to after-school programs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could do that. You could do that. There's. You think? No, you think they let me in? You know what? Uh, right now, there's so few people that actually do that kind of work that they probably even accept you. Wow. I mean, yeah. But really, but that's... <laughs> I'm kidding. But is they, that they love to have They'd love to have But no, that's the answer? That's your... That's the conclusion? Well, I mean, it's... It, that we're we have not, to volunteer? We're, well, no, well, I'm, it's not saying that that is the answer, and it's not saying necessarily volunteer. It's about it's about reprioritizing uh, what we think of as being important in our communities. I mean, as far as, like, um, when I say an after-school program, I'm talking about things that are giving kids positive ways in order to be able to, to develop in our in our communities right and you know volunteering is one way that you could possibly do it, especially if you're somebody that doesn't have you know the resources to, to donate money you know a lot of you know but you might be somebody that is too busy to to do anything but you know what I've never run across any um, after-school program that couldn't use more money to, to, uh, to run the programs I mean, they, they oftentimes they operate off of grants uh, they, uh, they're, they're. But is this the secret to the whole thing? Is this would would this? I mean, because gun saying violence, that's gun violence in New Orleans. No. I know this is your movies about the rest of the country too. But right. But in New Orleans, especially, which is where we are, it would be an amazing thing to be able to end gun violence here. It and would. Last yeah. week we had Darlene Cusanza, who was our guest on the show, and she was from Crime. She's the president of Crime Stoppers. Right. And she was saying to us pretty much the same thing, right? That we have to get kids, right? As ten-year-old yeah. kids 
that you have to intercede, intercede before that well, you know, can no, I to think turn that, this around? I think that, you know, I think that we, we have to offer youth programming. And I'm not saying that youth program, programming is the solution. I mean, there's a, what the film does is it, I think it, um, it addresses a lot of institutional problems that we don't necessarily put a lot of credence into or we don't believe that they could be as right. um, effective as, as, as they've been as far as, like, when it comes to making life hard on kids. But, um, you know, I think that you have to offer uh, services and programs for kids from the time that they're young all the way through their ages in the same way that you, if you, you know, I don't know if you have children or not, but in the same way that you wish that, you know, the best for your kids, you want them to be able to, to do things like, uh, participate in sports and to learn skills and to, to really enjoy life. We have to offer those kind of services for all kids. And I think that in the in the long run, what we could have is we can we could have healthier outcomes um, than as far as waiting for kids to to be you know not do anything for them uh, as far as like wait until they get caught up in something bad and then decide that we're going to start to address the problem. I mean right. that that well, that's the key to the whole thing. Right. It's being it's preventive. Happens. Yeah. What attracted you to this subject? Um, well, about four or five years ago, uh, I was working with youth um, out of the recovery school district, and it was in an after-school program that was called the Fountain of Youth Foundation. And so they were working on an anti-violence campaign, and um, as they were working on it, uh, I was trying to get the kids to open up and really start talking about like uh, the issue of, of violence, you know, to, so that we could we could create this this uh, this this, this uh, campaign. And so one day. I got the kids um, in the program to um, write about a time that they either witnessed, perpetrated, or experienced violence. And, um, and this was 12 kids from all over the city. They're all honor roll students. That was the criteria in order to be a part of this program. And as I started picking up these papers, every one of the kids was writing about a time that it was either a friend or a loved one had been shot, and oftentimes it was right in front of them. And, uh, and then that led into a conversation uh, where they're sitting there talking like me and you are sitting there talking now. And it wasn't that that it didn't matter. I mean, they were desensitized, but it wasn't that, the, that it didn't matter. It was something that had happened in their lives more than once, oftentimes, and that it was just something that you had to, you know, you had to learn how to deal with, and it, it, it become very normal. And um, and I just, you know, after living in this city for by that time for eight years and never really thinking about how gun violence affects children. Um, it was just, it was very shocking to me. And I thought it was something that we, that we neglected as a society or as a community. And that it was something that we really, especially at that time, needed to really start thinking about in order to be able to address these problems. How did you get the money to make the movie? Um, we did fundraisers. Um, and then we also, we funded it out of pocket too. And then there was also a lot of donations uh, of resources for the programs too. So that, where is the movie now? Well, right now um, we're doing community screens across New Orleans. In fact, uh, next Thursday, we're going to be screening at Ashe uh, Cultural Center right, right across, across the street, the street from here y'all. from Casa yeah. okay. At 6 o'clock. Okay, so yeah, and people then, listen to the show at all sorts of different times <laughs> in different years even. So right. what is the date? That, that is? would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that is sure. Thursday, uh, September, 20, September 19th. September 19th yep. at 6 p.m. Thursday, and September 19th at 6 p.m. 2013. 2013. 2013. Jeremy, if you're listening to this in 2014, <laughs> you Earth. missed it. Oh, maybe but, you um, can download but, it. But, uh, yeah, no, well, actually, you can da- download it, too, off of Vimeo.com. You can right now, today? Yes. Oh, okay. Vimeo. So no matter where you are, Yeah, you $4.99. It's a, a download. It's um, $4.99? Yeah, $4.99. And then also another thing is that we're dangerously close to having a, a television deal. 
So we're uh, we're really hoping I'll, I'll know something more about that by next week. Meaning so. you will be able to see it on TV, not that you're going to have a series about this, right? No, that you'll be able to see it on television. Okay, so. that's great. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's all worked out. Yeah, yeah no, it's, well, it, it's been a long road, but uh, but the film is great, and I really I think it's something that everybody here needs to see. The film's called Shell Shock. It's called Shell Shock. Very good. Yeah. Impressive. Have you seen it, Jeremy? No, I haven't. Um, we have to. I was always interested because um, I had a brother that had an album called Shell Shock, and I was like, there's a movie called Shell Shock. Yeah. What, did it come out in the late 90s? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, 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 when I did like a Google search of it, I saw that album. It was a, it was a compilation. It was, a, it was a few artists on that album, right? No, it was no? just, it, well, you know, it was like featured artists, but it was put out on No Limit Records. Yeah. So yeah. Had, I saw that. Yeah. Brother, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's I was a small like, word. I wonder if that's because like, I, I saw the, the documentary like, you know, just around and I was like. A New Orleans documentary about gun violence and like. A well, your brother should <laughs> sue them for sure, right? Yeah. some letters. This actually was a um, was a whole. Big a, I was going <laughs> to say it's a quite a coincidence. How's your brother doing? Um, it's you know. What's happened since uh, we spoke about that last? I mean, we for a second there was um, there was we was working with a lawyer. So my brother was wrongfully com- accused of murder, and he um, he's serving like thirty years in prison. Really? And yeah, and it's off of just it's a it's a long story. There's like uh-huh. a documentary about it and stuff like that, and mm. about the story and stuff. And like um, there is a documentary about it. Yeah, What's it's called, called the Camouflage True, and um, and it's just about the. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and yeah. So the latest was I mean we had this like. They was trying to talk to the parents of the victim and, like, see if they, like, you know, if he can kind of get out off of, like, good time and stuff. But they're just, like, so into, like, what, they, what they're about that they're, like, not trying to have it. And, and they're, like, the latest, I think they're, like, looking for a lawyer or something like that. But he's just trying to stay positive after 13 years he's in been prison. In, he's <laughs> been in for 13 already. 13 years, yeah. It's been a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's scary because it's like, you know, that could be anybody. That can mm. be any one of us just, like, having a random day when something happens and then all of a sudden you're in the wrong position. Next thing you know, 13 years later, mm. and you like the orange is the new black show. Is he in Louisiana or is he in Angola? He's in Louisiana. Um, Huntsville, I think it is. It's just like this place around Baton Rouge. Do you get to see him much? Yeah, um... I don't I don't go enough because I'm always like running around and stuff. But um, but I mean I could. It's like two times a week, um, two times a month. Like I could go. So right. Like you know, um, I probably go like once every two months. Um, Amir Baraka was talking about getting, doing something about getting him out of jail, and he was the, he's the, he's the, yeah he's the narrator, narrator on your film. film. Yeah, Amir's a good friend of mine. But he was talking about when he was on our show. Remember with. Last time you were on, yeah, yeah, well, and that was Khalil Osiris and Amira Baraka and you. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. another random coincidence. Yeah, that was a total coincidence. <laughs> this one is too. Yeah, it's so funny it how this show does that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so nothing's happened. Then I mean, we haven't got any further since we last spoke about it a year or so ago. No. <laughs> I so mean, if anyone's listening to this and they want to do something to help your brother in, in jail and I mean, his, explore this, his old albums just became available online. So and all the funds go to like the the case and right. stuff. So are the No Limit guys doing anything about it? Is there still a No Limit Records? 
Yeah, there is, but that's kind of a story within itself because um, they kind of just they didn't want to get involved because they it was like you know, it it looked bad on a label or something like that. Some craziness. I was too young to know exactly what was going on, but um, but they kind of just brushed it off and you know, performed this verse on a, a the what that was the was that the one of those award shows? It was it had to be like, um, oh, was it the VM? I think it was the VMAs. It was the VMAs. Yeah, it was like it was way back in like 2011, and, and you know, right after he went to jail, they like performing his verses on on the VMAs, and it's like, like you know, you're not doing nothing about it, but you're still taking the yeah. the like you know, taking the the credit. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I mean, just we have to get out of here. It's time to leave. But I mean, I was you know looking at your documentary and then all this stuff about gun violence that people have been talking about. I wonder if there's any possibility of having uh, a part of the city where you wouldn't you wouldn't be allowed a gun has anyone ever talked about that? you you know um sarah sarah Ouston, who's uh with the school board uh one time me and her were talking about this and you know uh one of the things i think is that was really disappointing um last year was when congress wouldn't even take a it didn't even go to the floor to vote about an, a ban on assault weapons and um you know you have all these people that sit there and they talk about their their rights to the second amendment and even that ban was not going to take a gun away from anybody. What it was asking is that is that people that we regulated them, and um, and and you know the reality is this is that those kind of weapons, they they uh, the the people that end up uh, at the wrong end of, the, of those weapons are kids that are grow, growing up in these neighborhoods and they have no choice but to grow up in these neighborhoods, and I think that uh, a ban on assault weapons would help save the lives of tons and tons of children that die every year at the at the hands of uh, gun violence. And so one thing that Sarah Houston talked about, and uh, I thought it was a brilliant idea, was to try to uh, pass a city ordinance just in New Orleans that said that we do not want um, assault weapons to be legal here in, in New Orleans. And, I mean, it would, be, it would end up being more symbolic than anything else because it would be really hard to be able to, to stop people from traffic them, trafficking them into the parish. But I think it's a start. I think that it's something that if we could say it as a community that we want to get rid of assault weapons, then I think that that could send a clearer message to, to Congress where people are standing on this issue. I was thinking of a, a more radical idea than that, like, you know, 10 square blocks or whatever it is, that we all decided that's a no-gun area. And you could live there, and nobody's allowed to have a gun. Maybe it's one of those things, like, um, maybe that's that'll be the biggest targeted area. If I was, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just I'm just speaking from, like, if I was a, a like, robber or something. Like, oh, yeah, let's go to the place where nobody nobody's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I haven't thought that through. So, well, doc- documentaries like yours, John, they usually uh, they black out at the end, and then they say, if this has affected you, you should. Does yours do that? And do, yeah. what do you recommend people do? Well, you know, one thing that we, and we are strong on the mentoring, you know, um, and once again, I'll say this, we don't think that, that it is the solution. We think it's part of the solution Mm -hmm. and so uh, at the end of our documentary one of the things that we do is we we point people in the direction of our website which is Mm shellshockdoc.com and uh, we say if you want to figure out how you can possibly be a mentor in your own community then here are some steps that you can take Mm -hmm. Uh, next Sunday uh, we're doing a screening with uh, with Tom Conola's film festival and uh, it's going we're going to take donations up there and it's going to we're doing that with with, uh, Fifth Ward Weeby Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a rapper here uh, and he has a, a new organization that's called No Time for Crime, where he's teaching kids about music and about um, how to 
to um, operate studio, um, how to how to make albums, and so cool. we're gonna we're gonna raise money for his program, and it's, we're gonna screen Shell Shock then, and then we're also going to screen uh, K Gates Murder Capital at the same time. But um, yeah, so if anybody is interested, visit our website. It's shellshockdoc.com, and um, and we can send you in many directions on how you can help. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. John. You're welcome. And Jeremy, what's the new single from Saint Bell called? Um, we rise. We rise. Yes. And that's at, available at saintbell.com. Yes. S a i n t b e l l dot com. Yes. And Johnette, where can we find you? Uh, Johnettedowning.com, and I just put up a new uh, video on YouTube. It's called Read. It's from my my Reading Rocks CD. Okay. Thanks very much, everybody. Andrew, that. that's Andrew. the end of our show today. Our guests have been sitting around the table here: John Ritchie, hey, Johnette Downing, Jeremy Phipps. Andrew and I as well. Our show is recorded live at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Hadley Boulevard. You can come down here and get yourself a cocktail or have a great meal and uh, hear some live music as well, mostly Latin jazz. Our show is produced today by Graham DePonte, our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our music director is Christian Andrew, and the theme music that you're currently listening to was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Era studio monitors, and much more. You can visit PreSonus.com for more info about that. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit around a table for about an hour and have a cocktail, drop us a line. Our address is on our website where you can also find many other happy hours to listen to while you're jogging, going to the gym, or pretending to work. You can also hear Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the game with the awesome Chris True and Tammy Nelson Vietnam, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community, and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well, and all of it where it's New Orleans. If you listen to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or some other podcast thing, thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That'll help other people find us. Happy Hours of Production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworlders.com for Andrew Duhon sitting to my right yep. Graham DuPonte sitting over there at the other table who's the producer of our show everyone back at the INO office and around the world that's a bit of an exaggeration <laughs> I'm Grant Morris thanks for listening we'll see you next time on Happy Hour <laughs> <laughs>